Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. We've got a long one today. Looks like I'm a little blurry. They're a little better, not much. Oops. Try that again here. We've got a lot of time today, and... This is probably going to be one of those vid chats that goes a little long. Uh, but before we get into that and why it's going to go long, uh, I want to remind everybody we do have a vid chat tomorrow uh, afternoon at 2 o'clock U.S. Central Time. As always, I'll be in the chat room a little early for some informal banter and conversation, and then we'll kick off the actual formal chat at 2. I may start early at 1.30, um, given that we've already had some people sending in questions. Don't forget the deadline. We have a new deadline. Get your uh, questions and comments submitted by Thursday evening, my time at midnight. Uh, the reason being it's just too hard for me to try and format the questions in the middle of a vid chat because I have to go through several steps to do so. But anyway, get the questions in. We'll have the vid chat tomorrow. But I want to talk about China today. There is all sorts of upheaval going on. And today's going to go long because I have no less than five different articles that I want to bring to your attention. And then I'm going to do some speculative dot connection. Uh, so we're going to go a little long today talking about China. And I suspect that many of you are, are probably watching China and thinking much of the same thing. So the first article I want to talk about, and I will have these linked with the video uh, when it, uh, it is posted. Uh, but anyway, I do want to talk about this because um, this is very, very interesting. The title of the first article is Chinese Regime Announces Purging Campaign Hinting at Factional Infighting. And this uh, came out and was updated just two days ago. So please note, factional infighting. And I've been kind of predicting this because of all the upheaval going on in China that Xi's regime is under threat, internal threat, and it now looks like he's resorting to the typical communist thing that when you're under threat, you have a purge, <laughs> okay? So let me read from this, and I want to occasionally inject what I think may be hovering in the background. I'm going to read a few par uh, paragraphs from this first article. Top Chinese officials recently announced that the Communist Party would begin a purge of the powerful Political and Legal Affairs Commission a party agency that oversees the country's security apparatus, including police, courts, and prisons. The party will complete the purge by the th first quarter of 2022, right before its 20th National Congress, a conference that occurs every five years to determine the next select su succession pardon me, of party leaders. The... Uh, Political and Legal Affairs Commission was formerly the stronghold of current party leader Xi Jinping's political rivals. 
namely officials who were loyal to the former party leader, Jiang Zemin. Skipping now, but experts say the announcement of a forthcoming purge indicates Xi is still struggling to keep the PLAC officials in line. And this article even gives us an interesting picture of some of these Chinese communist officials. And note, please, they're all wearing masks, <laughs> which I find rather ironic. I'm skipping several paragraphs now. And they are interviewing a man at this point by the name of Chen Yixing. Chen pointed out six stubborn diseases that the <laughs> campaign was targeting. PLAC officials who interfere with the judicial system, officials who operate companies, officials who own shares of private companies or lend money with interest. Remember the big bullion fraud scandal that I blogged about just a few days ago. Officials with spouses or children who operate illegal businesses. Officials who shorten prisoner sentences or release them after receiving bribes or other special favors. And then finally, officials who control criminal cases. U.S.-based China Affairs commentator Tang Yingluan analyzed that the party seeks to achieve two purposes with the purging campaign. One is removing officials who do have power but don't follow Xi Jinping's lead, he said. The other purpose is to distract the Chinese public from current crises such as the economic depression, pandemic, flooding, and other disasters. The Communist Party of China wants to convince people that all bad things were done by these so-called bad horses. So in other words, it's, it's the typical Stalin purge. Stalin initiates the, uh, the collectivization of the kulaks and farmers in the Ukraine and then turns around and holds a purge for the failure of the policy and gets rid of some of his internal, <coughs> pardon me, his internal opposition. So same thing going on in China. Now, let me skip to the very end of this article. On April 19th, China's vice public security minister, Sun Lejun, was detained for an internal party investigation. On May 8th, Sun was officially dismissed from his position. From April 20th to May 5th, China's Minister of Justice, Fu Zhenghua, a member of the Jiang faction who opposed Xi's rule, was dismissed from several positions he held within the legal system. Sun and Fu were promoted by Meng Jiangzhu, who was the PLAC chairman from 2012 to 2017, and another key player in the Zhang faction. Several of Meng's subordinates were dismissed in May and June, and an insider from Beijing told the Chinese-language Epoch Times in April that Sun was dismissed because he was involved in a coup plan in which the Zhang faction was vying to replace Xi. So in other words, Xi's clamping down because his government is weak, all right? So that's the first little bit of dot connecting that I want you to bear in mind as you are pondering these articles. Now, the second article is a whopper. This is titled, China Has Lost Its Planted Crops, Real-Time Floods Update. And 
it adds to this underneath that heading, China has stopped publishing inflow data to the Three Gorges Reservoir. And I'm only going to read two paragraphs here. Quote, I am watching in real time the almost complete destruction of China's central growing region as emergency warnings are given. As engineers blow dam after dam and levee after levee to evacuate major cities and farmlands with livestock. And this is true. They've been blowing dams upriver of the Three Gorges Dam. And, folks, this is a very, very serious situation. The last I heard was that the reservoir at Three Gorges was within 11 meters, about 33 feet, of overtopping the dam. Okay, it's a very, very serious situation. Continuing, what I'm watching will have an effect on you in the United States, and for that matter, the rest of the Western world. But I'm not sure the lag time from these unbelievable events that are out of a Hollywood movie and real price increases and financial shocks. Now, I've been speculating, and I've advanced this in a couple of blogs, and I believe in my last news and views, that we may be watching a real-time weather war being waged on China, and particularly during a period where China has distanced itself from dollars. Now watch what's happening, if that's true. China de-dollarizes and then gets hit with massive flooding that wipes out its crops. So it's going to have to turn to other food sources, and basically there's only two, Russia or the West. And probably it's going to have to turn to both. But to do business with the West, it's going to need, guess what? It's going to need dollars, okay? So China is in a real economic hurt, and I suspect this is another reason why there is increasing internal opposition to Xi and why he's clamping down. He's struggling to hold on to power. And um, if, if the dam at Three Gorges goes... I suspect you're going to see a backlash in China against the Xi regime, if not the Communist Party itself. But again, that's speculation. So put the de-dollarization, weather war, uh, food situation as yet another dot to connect. Now, the third article I've linked isn't really an article. It's a video about the Three Gorges Dam that came out very recently. Uh, I don't speak Mandarin or certainly don't read it, but the net effect of the video is that the Chinese government has now officially admitted that the Three Gorges Dam has, quote, moved, leaked, and distorted. Okay? Now, I find the last word very interesting because we've seen all sorts of internet speculation based on Google satellite imagery of the dam when it was completed and then more recently where it appears to be kind of buckling under the pressure of the water behind it. And, of course, I have blogged about the fact that one Chinese hydrologist has pointed out that the dam was constructed without being anchored in the bedrock beneath it, <laughs> okay? So it stands to reason it's going to distort and buckle a little bit. Now, in that omission, in that video, the Chinese government is also maintaining that the dam is still operating, quote-unquote, within normal parameters, whatever that is for a dam that huge, <laughs> okay? 
So I suspect that Xi Jinping is making the anti-corruption campaign part of this purge because if you've dug into the history of the construction of the Three Gorges Dam, there was all sorts of construction and corruption going on behind its construction, not the least of which is not anchoring it in the bedrock, <laughs> okay? So I think Xi may be preparing for a worst possible case scenario should the dam fail. And Lord knows, I certainly hope it does not fail because you have hundreds of millions of innocent Chinese in that region of China and then downriver on the Yangtze River all the way to Shanghai that, of course, had nothing to do with the corruption involved in constructing the dam. So there's lots going on here. Now, let me get to the final two articles. The first article is from the New York Times. It's an article by Edward Wong, Laura Jakes, and Stephen Lee Myers. And uh, the article is titled, The U.S. Orders China to Close Its Houston Consulate, Citing Efforts to Steal Trade Secrets. But there are some interesting things in this article, just about four paragraphs that I want to read here. The United States has abruptly ordered China to close its consulate in Houston, accusing <clears throat> diplomats of aiding economic espionage and the attempted theft, theft of scientific research as the Trump administration sharply escalates its moves against China. China vowed to retaliate, calling the action illegal. Hours after the administration issued its order on Tuesday, consulate employees burned papers in open metal barrels in a courtyard of the Houston building, prompting police officers and firefighters to rush to the area. Um, it was unclear what had immediately prompted the crackdown on the consulate, which must close by Friday, although the State Department said China was directing massive illegal spying and influence operations. Oh, surprise, surprise. A communist government using its embassies and consulates to carry out espionage? Perish the thought. Next paragraph. David R. Stilwell, who oversees the policy for East Asia and the Pacific at the State Department, said in an interview that the Houston consulate had a history of engaging in subversive behavior and was the epicenter of research theft in the United States. He gave a few details to support that assertion, Pardon me, he gave few details to support that assertion, though other American officials released a document with more information on Wednesday night. Now, notice that. Let me read that one again. Listen carefully. This is about more than espionage and theft of research or intellectual property. Let me read it again. David R. Stilwell, who oversees policy for East Asia and the Pacific at the State Department, said in an interview that the Houston consulate had a history of engaging in subversive behavior, okay? Now, that means active, covert operations, all right? Bear that little data point in mind. Let me go to the very end of the article. Mr. Trump said during a news conference on Wednesday evening that it's, quote, always possible his administration would close more Chinese missions, the Chinese embassy in Washington said, said in a statement, quote, the U.S. accusations are groundless fabrications, which is 
a communist way of saying they're entirely true. In Beijing, a spokesman for China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs urged the United States to immediately reverse the decision. Otherwise, China will certainly make legitimate and necessary reactions, said the spokesman Wang Wenbin. His remarks suggested that China would, at a minimum, close an American consulate in China. And since this article came out, China's making noises about closing the American consulate in, here it comes, surprise, surprise, Wuhan. <laughs> okay? Getting the idea? All right, the final article. And this one, to me, is sort of the piece de resistance, all right? And I'm really going to crawl out onto the end of the twig of speculation trying to tie all this together. This is an article titled, China Caught Smuggling 10,800 Assault Weapons into the U.S. And this is a story that actually appeared about 20 days ago. And I just now was made aware of it. So listen to the beginning of this article. Quote, China has been caught smuggling 10,800 assault weapons parts into Louisville, Kentucky, by U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers. The shipment arriving from Shenzhen, China, and destined for a residence in Melbourne, Florida, was seized on May 22nd. The parcel was manifested as containing 100 steel pin samples, a common practice used by smugglers for contraband trafficking. At the Express Consignment Operation Hub in Louisville, U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers seized a shipment from China that contained over 10,000 assault weapon parts being smuggled into the country. As per the Customs and Border Protection press release, quote, the shipment was seized on May 22nd. Officers inspected the item, which was arriving from Shenzhen, China, destined for a residence in Melbourne, Florida. The parcel was manifested as containing 100 steel pin samples. This is a common practice of smugglers manifesting the contraband as a harmless or legitimate commodity in hopes of eluding further examination. Unquote. Thomas Mann the port director of Louisville said that the Chinese smugglers were knowingly tried to avoid detection and smuggle in assault weapons parts into the United States. Weapons, folks. Assault weapons. Quote, the importing of any type of munitions is regulated by the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Bureau, said Thomas Mann, port director of Louisville. This smuggler was knowingly trying to avoid detection, however, and our officers remain vigilant, ensuring our community is safe and the usual political boilerplate. The Customs and Border Protection Center of Excellence and Expertise machinery team estimate the domestic value of the shipment to be $129,600. Earlier in February, listen carefully, listen carefully, Earlier in February, Indian intelligence caught China secretly shipping nuclear arms, nuclear arms to Pakistan. Now, before I continue, if China's willing to smuggle nuclear arms to Pakistan and smuggle in assault arms destined for God knows who in this country, 
they're willing to smuggle in nuclear arms into this country. So let me continue. Earlier in February, Indian intelligence caught China secretly shipping nuclear arms to Pakistan. The ship belonged to a Chinese shipping company, Costco. That's not the American retail firm. Blacklisted by the Americans last year. Sources in coastal intelligence told Great Game India that the intercept was based on a tip-off from the Americans, who were monitoring the entire fleet of the shipping line, believed to be a front of Chinese intelligence, unquote. So in other words, America is experiencing a kind of cultural meltdown, a, a quasi-hot civil war. The Chinese are smuggling arms into this country during that and smuggling nuclear weapons to Pakistan, which apparently needed extra Chinese nuclear weapons in addition to the ones it makes itself. And all of this during a period that China is in economic meltdown due to flooding and there is internal pressures on Xi's government. So this is typical. We have a, a dictatorship lashing out trying to create chaos in order to maintain its grip on power, and it's being shut down. All right, so we're in a very dangerous situation. I don't know if any of you remember the old Anthony Quinn movie from the early 1960s called Shoes of the Fisherman, where he's elected pope during a Chinese food crisis with the communist Chinese threatening to go to war simply to get food. So we're watching something similar. But I want to take you back in connection to this arms smuggling and the nuclear arms smuggling connection back to April 1st, April Fool's Day, earlier this year, when President Trump gave a coronavirus news conference. All right? You can go online and look at this, you, look at this conference on YouTube. The interesting thing about that conference, and a friend of mine pointed this out to me, and we got brainstorming, and I, the, the scenario that we brainstormed was so similar, and now with this last article, it's looking to me even more likely. That April 1st coronavirus news conference started out in a very unusual way. It started out with Defense Secretary Esper and then General Milley, getting up on the podium. And what they did, particularly General Milley, they talked about an unknown sort of secret operation that they didn't go into much detail about in the Caribbean. And the narrative that they promoted was that they were mounting a massive drug interdiction operation against the Latin American drug cartels who were attempting to use the civil unrest in this country as a crisis of opportunity to smuggle more drugs into the United States. And they, Millie went on to, to note that there was a massive American Coast Guard and U.S. Navy deployment in the Caribbean. My The way it sounded to me, folks, was it was as large a naval deployment, if, if not one of the largest in that area by this country since the Cuban Missile Crisis. 
And then Millie went on to note that there are approximately 6,500, I believe it was, soldiers involved in this operation. Now, folks, that's a large amount of soldiers, and that sounds an awful lot more than merely drug interdiction. I suspect the drug interdiction part is true. But if they were attempting to smuggle in drugs, they may have been attempting to smuggle in more than just drugs. They may have been attempting to smuggle in people, or as I put it to my friend, firecrackers. Now, interestingly enough, General Milley, in that press conference, said, and he emphasized these words and he repeated them, you are not getting in. And he never really told us who he meant by you. Obviously, in context, everybody's going to infer that it was the drug cartels. But now look what we've had happen. We've had a Chinese consulate closed down, ostensibly for esp espionage, but as we're also informed later by that New York Times article citing the State Department official, subversive activity. Then we have the Chinese caught smuggling parts for automatic weapons into this country destined for Florida. Then we have this press conference back in April. And then finally we have the Chinese smuggling nuclear arms to pa Pakistan. So folks, yeah, I'm suspecting that there's a Chinese connection behind some, not all certainly, but at least some of the civil... Uh, upheaval that we're watching. I suspect that maybe this Caribbean operation may have been about much more than just drug interdiction. I think it is a possibility that there may have been an attempt to smuggle in a nuclear weapon to create even more chaos during this period. Uh, you're, you're dealing with a regime that uh, increasingly, to, to me, looks like it's in a struggle for its very existence, uh, and it's facing massive internal chaos and upheaval and economic dislocation, and now dislocation of its crops. So there's a geopolitical angle, is what I'm saying, to much of the, uh, potentially much of the upheaval going on in the United States. So that's it for today's news and views, folks. As I told you, it went a little longer than usual. But don't forget, we have the vid chat tomorrow at 2 p.m. U.S. Central Time. I'll be in the chat room early for pre-chat, and we might be starting it early. So get your questions and comments in. That's it. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everybody, and God bless.